0: Dear Chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your host, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Okay, we are back at it. We've got two guests close to my neck of the woods today, Chris and Amy Limpeter from Project Pink Wheels. Hello and welcome.
1: Good morning. Hey.
0: Good morning. It is not so early, but early for the <laughs> retired people, huh?
1: Oh yeah. It's early.
0: <laughs> so in 2005, Contra Costa County fire captain, Chris Peter's wife, Amy was diagnosed with breast cancer and Chris felt, well, Chris and Amy felt an outpouring of love from the community and their fire family. And they wanted to do something to give back in some way to those who are, have been diagnosed with cancer. So in 2020 of October, oh my gosh, in October of 2020, Contra Costa County Fire, along with the support from Local 1230, that's my hubby's union, yay, yay, launched a vehicle of hope to help cancer patients in our community. The bright pink fire truck is used to transport patients to their first and last cancer treatment within the county. So fun.
1: Well, I guess as if you want to make cancer fun, that's about the funnest you're going to make it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a, that's a way to bring some
2: kind of light to it, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you.
2: So we're going to kick it off. Um, First question's a big one. Let's talk about how cancer affects
1: people in the fire service. Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, So a little background um, with the project, I'll just kind of start with that. Um, So my wife, like you said, in 2005 was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 33, two young children. Um, and of course, you know, nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them. Um, and that's kind of been the, the theme I noticed with doing Project Pinkles, with talking with the patients that we transport uh, that never, never think it's going to happen to them. So in the fire service, as you know, uh, cardiovascular disease used to be the number one killer of firefighters. Now it's cancer. Um, it's become more prevalent with the, you know, the carcinogens that we notice in fires that we go to, whether it's a grass fire or residential fire, a homeless encampment fire, a dumpster fire, all these things that we're exposed to kind of make a, make a big deal. Um, and it becomes a problem. So, uh, we recently here at Contra Costa County fire, my Department that I retired from, um, we have currently two young gentlemen battling cancer right now. Um, One had um, testicular cancer, the other colon cancer, um, and they're battling it right now. Um, And it hits really, really close to home. Um, On our wall at Contra Costa Fire, a lot of the people that we've lost, we lost to cancer. Um, And we are not unique when it comes to that. There are so many fire departments out there that are suffering the same thing. You can can just go on the Internet and do a search and notice how many firefighters are out there and how many families are affected by this. So Project Pink was kind of a brainchild that we came up with just out of sheer wanting to give back. Um, You know, we had so much outpouring of support from the men and women inside our department, the community at large, um, you know, battling with two young children, you know, five and or four and two, two at the time um, was no small feat. And then right after my wife was diagnosed, I uh, broke my collarbone and was put out of work for a little bit. So
3: it worked <laughs> it, out great. It worked out great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, again, the support we got from people in the fire community alone, um, bringing meals, covering shifts for me. So when had to go to chemo or, uh, you know, do something with our doctor's appointments, uh, the men and women stepped up and covered my shifts. Um, right now, um, I'm just share a little information. Uh, the assistant chief, uh, Mike Casada, who helped me put this together, um, was a firefighter with me at station six in Concord, And he was the one who undertook the, um, the catastrophic leave bank so that we were able to go to all those appointments and people were able to cover our shifts. And he really helped kick this project off when we ran into some, uh, I guess road bumps, you know, for lack of a better term, but yeah, it affects everybody in the fire service. I I
3: want to add before you move on from that and, and chief Casada in particular back when we were going through this originally um, as part of the support we received from fire family, the day that I had to shave my head, two days later, his entire station showed up at our house and shaved their heads along with me. And chief Casada was one of those people way back. So he was, he was right in the mix with us. So it was really really special and super cool that that he helped push this through to to see it re- outreach to other people as well
0: i love that that's so sweet oh my gosh i'm gonna cry <laughs> here's a joy right so you totally it's yeah. amazing it's amazing um so you guys started this project pinkwell Mm -hmm. Really for a reminder that kind of like Amy said in the YouTube video, it was a reminder that people have your back.
3: Yeah. So one of the things when you first start going through this, especially when you're younger going through cancer, I mean, no no woman expects to be going through breast cancer in their 30s, right? We all have moms and grandmas if we know someone, but not when you have your young family and you're just figuring out who's dropping the kids off at school and who's picking up later for the sports and all that stuff. So, and then for, it's almost like the rug gets yanked out from underneath you. So in that moment, like Chris was saying, we immediately had family and fire family wrap their arms around us to kind of keep us going. And it was our realization that other people don't have that. They don't have necessarily that safety net of support that comes out underneath you right away to sort of keep propelling you forward. So pink wheels in particular was meant to do that. And part of that is celebrating the milestones of treatment. So it's driving to the first and last appointment, somebody recognizing um, what you've been going through. Cause so if you don't have that support at home, it's been a really neat thing to see the way people respond to having this, this available to them because now somebody is celebrating with them. And oftentimes it sort of generates discussion and you find out, you know, a lot more people that have been through this than you'd actually mentioned before. I had people that I've known for a while that didn't even know I went through cancer until they saw the pink wheels video on the news. So it was, uh, and we had support. So that, (laughs) yeah, but it was, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to see the response from people and it's such a simple, well, it took a lot to put it in place, but it's, it's a simple gesture of your time and, and your focus on somebody and what they're going through. And it really means a
2: lot. So let's get a little bit more into your journey with cancer personally, and really how that I kind of went over how it inspired pink wheels, but let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Like tell us from like day one to last treatment, how <laughs> kind of
1: so we're talking about how she, how she noticed it.
3: <laughs> yeah. So when, when I first, I found a lump myself um, when I was 33 years old, we had just finished having, I was, our youngest was not quite two years old and we knew we were done having kids. So because of that, I, took it upon myself to start seeing a trainer, getting super fit, lost a bunch of weight, felt really good. And because I had lost a bunch of weight, I noticed a lump in my breast one night when we're brushing our teeth, talking, and I fully believe had I not done that, I never would have noticed because it was so subtle. And I work in health research. Um, I work at Kaiser. So that kind of stuff is kind of always implanted in my brain anyway. Um, to follow through with, but I, I wholeheartedly thought, ah, oh, no big deal. It's probably just a lump. Women get them all the time. we will just take it out. It's not a thing. So I just, if it doesn't belong there, let's just remove it. And it wasn't until it was removed that they figured out that it was cancer. Um, and then that's because of my age, that meant chemo. It meant radiation. Um, I had to go back and have a second lumpectomy to clean out the margins and all that. And um, and our oldest was starting kindergarten a month after I, I started all this or the month after I was diagnosed. Yeah. So for the good and the bad, it was a great distraction because it's, we talked to our girls very openly about what was happening to the extent you could with kids at age. But it was a great distraction because little kids don't care that you don't feel good, right? They still want their goldfish crackers at two o'clock. And how come you're not reading me that story? And I want to have a play date with my friend. So in the time, at the time, we're exhausted. But it was great because it just keeps dragging you through. It's all right. I guess I guess we just keep going. And you just keep moving through. So that, that went on for see chemo is 6 months then another few months for radiation um and then infusions for about a year of herceptin um just based on my age and, and my pathology and stuff but um i don't know what else to add oh, about that I,
1: I will add from the yeah. spousal side of things from the the moment we found out um her surgeon who did the the lumpectomy initially um was awesome um, he called up and needed to, to, to speak to her and she's so, you know, focused on what she was doing at work, but she, she deep in some health research with Parkinson's and everything else. And he kind of broke some HIPAA laws and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the bad guy here, but I'm going to let you know right now it came back and, you know, her cancers, you know, it's, it's malignant. Um, so don't tell her till she gets home. I'm going to call at a certain time. And so knowing how her brain works, I'm like running all over the yeah. place, trying to find, you know, as much pamphlet information as I can. I'm pulling up stuff off stuff off the internet, um, yeah. call my folks over to have, have the them come take, take the kids. Off. So the kids weren't here. And then she comes in and she's a little, a little taken aback, a little upset. And she's like, well, you know, something's, I think something's wrong. You know, she had this feeling that something was wrong. And so like 10 minutes before the doctor called her and I had a nice little cry fest And within, and this is how amazing my wife is. And of course I'm going to, you know, obviously be biased, but she says, okay, I'm locked in. I'm focused. And within, you know, five minutes after the conversation with her surgeon, it's like, okay, she's got her pad out. She's making notes, you know, she's doing all this research and going, how can, you know, how are we going to defeat this? How are we going to beat this? And it's like just her strength and her tenacity for, you know, I'm not going to let something beat me that, you know, is so small and, you know, it's, it's not going to beat me. And that just made my, my confidence in what we were going to go through, you know, alleviate any stresses that I was going to have. And, you know, from the time that going back to after her first treatment of chemo, you know, watching what I called, you know, the liquid Drano going into her body and, you know, going, Hey, that's not normal. And I'm just sitting there and she's just sitting there with a smile on her face. Like, you know, this is part of what we got to do. And then I continually remember after we would go after our first treatment uh, for chemo, and then we went back, uh, the nurses are, why are you so smiley? And her thing was, well, what else am I going to do? You know, and then she just took it head on. And, you know, we talk about that support system, um, having that support system, whether it's family, friends, you know, your work work colleagues, whatever it is, it's so instrumental into the healing process, I believe. And I still remember to this day, you know, when we were out back, um, and, you know, she ran her fingers through her hair and the first big strands came out. And then she looked at me, she's like, all right, this is happening. And a friend of hers, a colleague uh, had made um, these the special cookies, some you know, little
3: edibles, some little edibles. <laughs>
1: and she's like, I need to eat a cookie before we do any of this, you know, as part of our journey. And so we said, hey, we're going to be in control of this. And, you know, I'm shaving my head. I'm not going to let, you know, cancer just let me take my hair. I'm taking it. And then, so when we were out back and we did it and the girls participated, they got their little, you know, barber vests on and helped. And yeah, that was one of those moments where you just, you know, that made it really real, made it really real. But at the same time, just, you know, that I was like, you know, people always talk about, you know, they don't feel seen. And then when I was looking, you know, deep into her eyes and it's like, I realized it's like, you know, I see you because cancer is not what defines you. Um, So that's, what's really important. And that's what, you know, helped us get through it. And, you know, I just, that's why, again, I kind of revert back to this project and I get a little emotional about this because it's when we give people these rides and we, you know, have people come up to us and talk to us about it. It's, they just want to tell their story. They just want, you know, they just want, Hey, thank you for seeing, you know, seeing me and what we've been going through. And, you know, the first time I brought it by the house because we had to do some work on it, I had a lady following me all the way from deep into Martinez all the way to where I was. And she just stopped in front of me. She's like, oh my God, can I get a picture of this? And so we got to talking and they're like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, well, what is this? What's going on? And so I explained it to her as part of, you know, our journey, you know, through cancer and she is a cancer survivor herself. And so she was one of the first people that, you know, got to sign it and she was overwhelmed with, you know, emotion and everything else. And it really is to be a part of that and a privilege to see that when people go through it, it's, I mean, again, I always say the same thing, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody on this planet that doesn't know somebody that's had cancer is related to somebody that has cancer or knows somebody who knows somebody who's had cancer. I mean, it's just such a terrible disease and it's, you know, the only way you're going to beat it is through faith, hope, and, you know, sometimes laughing at the silly things. And getting a ride in the pink truck. And Mm -hmm. and getting getting a ride (laughs) in the pink truck.
2: So, Project Pink Wheels was called to drive one of your own firefighters to their cancer treatment recently. Yes. Tell us about that. Stay with
0: us. We'll be right back.
2: So how do you live a good life, especially now? Is it about happiness, purpose, love, or friendship? And what about health or wealth? Can you live a good life even if you're struggling? The truth is often not what you think. I'm Jonathan Fields, best-selling author and host of the award-winning Good Life Project podcast. Every week, we bring you revealing conversations with some of the smartest, most accomplished, and yes, sometimes famous people that will awaken insight, arm you with practical tips, and inspire you to live your best life no matter what comes your way. Look for Good Life Project on your favorite podcast app today.
1: So it was just uh the beginning of last week, uh or excuse me, on the nineteenth. Um there's one before that. There's one before that too. Which one are you referring to? The most recent?
3: There have been two recently.
0: The
3: most recent, I think last week, right? Yeah.
1: So that was on the nineteenth. Um, so um John, he's um a a firefighter in Pacheco at station nine on A shift. And um was having a little bit of health problems, uh, just an upset stomach, not feeling right. And I don't want to get too deep into it him, and violate sure the HIPAA stuff. But anyway, um, went to the doctor and was diagnosed with um, colon cancer um, that had metastasized, I guess. And I don't want to say as to where because without certainty, I'm not sure. But he's being treated. From my understanding, it's uh, it's pretty aggressive. So his engineer, Brian Trant, um, went on, picked up the, the engine and met him um, in Antioch. And picked him up and drove him to kaiser uh where he was getting his treatment and uh there was a huge uh you know like when we did joe back uh in uh, uh end of last year um i probably 100 plus of our guys uh and then not counting you know family and friends um there's probably a couple hundred people there and then the staff came out and everything and he you know was overwhelmed with the amount of support that uh, everybody had come out to show for him and his family um obviously a lot of tears um but you know his commitment to his treatment and his commitment to i'm going to beat this thing um you know it, it's it's hard to put into words when somebody looks you dead in the eyes and says, I'm going to beat this. And you, and you just know, you know Um, but you know, he's got a long road ahead of him. Uh, He was really emotional when he was telling all the guys, thank you. And, you know, for so much for coming out, I really, really appreciate, you have no idea what it means to me. You guys, again, you know, being in the fire family, you know, fire family is your second family. um, If not, you know, your primary family because you've been with them for years and years and years. And it's like, you know, you share meals together, you go on calls together. But he made sure he goes, hey, before I go into this treatment, I need to hug each and every one of you. And I mean, it was probably like a 10, 15 minute line of just hugs. And uh, yeah, you know, when I got up to him and talked to him, I said, hey, man, we're here for you for whatever you need. And obviously a little bit of tears there, but just a real salt, real good guy, young guy, young family. Um, And it's again, it's you know, it's you hate to see anybody get this disease, but you know, it's, you know, I'm a big believer, everything for a reason. Um, You know, you just don't know the message behind it. And it's just, you got to, you know, sometimes go on faith. And some, I mean, for us, you know, Facebook got us through it. Um, You know, I prayed a lot. And yeah, again, I get a little bit emotional about this. Sorry. But uh, you just have to know that there's something higher. And if you put your belief in something that you know, is going to be okay, it really does make a difference. And that that's it, this project, I mean, it's super personal to me and, and it's obvious and, you know, and I've got big plans for it, you know, now in retirement, the things that I want to do with it. And then we can get into that a little bit more of what's, you know, starting to happen. And I mean, it's a small little, it's an ember that's going to grow and hopefully
3: uh, other departments pick it up because there there've been quite a few people. So pink wheels is meant to service, um, people who live and work in the Contra Costa County fire service district and, that, local,
1: 1230s and local
3: 1230s area. But we've gotten communications from people outside of the area.
1: Sacramento, Sacramento, Half Moon Bay, Santa Cruz,
3: wanting to know is there something in my area? And a lot of the same things. I don't, I don't have family here. I was, I'm going to my last visit alone. I was wondering if I could do this. So that that happened pretty quickly. And it was like, Oh my gosh, we, unfortunately we can't do everything, but the hope is that this grows then and maybe we can mentor other departments and how to set up their own system too.
2: So you mentioned retirement. Yes. Um, how's it been going? <laughs> Amy, well, how do you? How are you doing with Chris being home every day?
1: Thank you. Okay, let let, let her on, go let first. Me, let
3: me say, I've had this exact <laughs> discussion with so many friends that are not from fire families, and they'll say, "Oh, retirement sounds fun." They go, "Hang on a second, this is a huge lifestyle change for me." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
3: live here a third of the month for exactly years. I have my own Chris routine. is fine how's Amy okay exactly. you know what? that's
1: actually the better question
3: we see in the firewives we've talked about setting since he's the first of his friends to retire we're going to set up a support group for the wives where we meet regularly <laughs> and I, I sort of tiptoe him through what it's going to be
2: like
1: so if you guys are ready
2: it's part of that uh group where you get to keep the remote for the whole three days <laughs> and then <laughs> It, nice. or the, your own bed for like a little while oh you get to God, go yeah. <laughs> yeah do you get a
1: guest room?
2: <laughs> yeah do you get to kick him out <laughs> yeah me and my dog Heard <laughs> the dog in the pillows and i just get in the way hey yeah
1: okay.
2: i think it's that's an adjustment like my- Yes. I think that's my big thing when Cameron retires is um I don't know if I really want to share my bed with you every day of the week. And <laughs> I like my TV shows that I watch when you're not here. Thank you very much. Oh. So how are we going to work that out? <laughs> I had
3: that realization when he walked out the bedroom one night and I was watching TV and all of a sudden I looked at the TV and went, oh my God, I just realized you were probably like freaked out by what I watch all the time. But this is what <laughs> I'd be doing if you weren't here. Yeah.
1: True crime, blow deck, whatever. Yeah. yeah all those things. Thanks. lots
0: of reality. Lots oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty
1: accurate. <laughs> Jeez. That's funny. Oh, so can I talk about retirement or no?
2: Yes, yes. I mean, sure, <laughs> I'll, sure. I'll give
1: you a small version of it. It's I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, you know, after doing I mean, you know, worked for Contra Costa for over 20 years and I worked for the city of Vacaville for about 3 years before that. Um so just shy of 24 years in the fire service and then worked on an ambulance for over 9 years or something like that yeah, I can't even remember but you know just being involved in the 911 system and I got to be honest you know the first day I came home from retirement you know she had the house all decorated up had a bloody mary waiting for me with my giant stick of bacon in it and a lot of tears you know I didn't think I was going to get all emotional about it but you know I, I finished out my career as a shift training captain on B shift and we had a recruit Academy there and it was getting close to their graduation. And then they came out and gave me a nice little send off. And, you know, the older I get the sappier I get, it's like I start crying at Hallmark commercials or, you know, I see a little kid riding a bike. I'll get emotional. I don't, mean, I don't know. It just, but it was, you know, it's it, it, that level of stress, you know, you know, especially being a captain, you know, on a truck and an engine for a lot of years, um, you know, just trying to keep your guys safe and making the right decisions and the right calls. Um, That was nice to kind of not have to worry about that anymore. And so I sleep better, I'm eating better. (laughs) We had a Uh, lot
3: of milestones hit around the same time though. We had our second daughter just left for college back in the fall. So now we're empty nesters. And then a few months into that, he's retired. And so it was all these big
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of big stuff. A lot of big stuff. And I got a lot of big things still happening right now. You know personally <clears throat> excuse me personally you know i've got a big backpacking trip with a bunch of friends two of the guys still work at the department that we're going to be doing we just got back from tahiti just got back from tahiti yeah so that was you know, it was really rough so I know. we're living the life
0: here chelsea <laughs> we are missing out
1: right
2: <laughs> well yeah, 10 tahiti. more years audra 10 more years no, <laughs> no, i've got years nine go.
0: baby i got nine, nine. there <laughs> you go
2: maybe, maybe i have nine too wait all, nine and a half. You should make it nine. Just make it nine. Well, yeah, it sounds better. nine. Because, I, you know, we work for Cal Fire, so can't uh, do that. That's okay.
1: But tell your husband, man, that, hey, you just don't don't stay around for nickels. You know, you're oh, there, yeah, no. going to be a contract. Oh, I should stay. I'll get another, because guys were hitting me with that, too, because we had another contract race coming up, and I'm all Man, it's not about the money for me. It's about the peace of mind. I'm still young. I want to, you know, relatively healthy. Um, you know, had a couple of knee surgeries, had some back issues and some shoulder issues. And, you know, cortisone's become my friend and which I right. don't really care for. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I work out on the regular, I exercise on the regular. It's just one of those things. It's like, you got to get out healthy and you, you, you know, you could count pennies till the cows come home and it's just not worth it. You know, oh, he's counting minutes at this point. Is it? Okay. <laughs> he's
2: yeah. like, I've got
1: nine years, Seriously. four
2: months. (laughs) he's uh yeah it's for him you know he's so that's awesome you know when you're 40 you can't do what you could do when you were 20 you know
1: into that oh I can't tell you how many times I've been up on a roof trying to pull it you know helping these guys I'm like man I am so I'm I'm these guys are outperforming me and this is embarrassing
0: yeah that's so. a, that's my husband he's like all right so this hurts today <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah.
1: i didn't know i had that muscle there exactly like, i like, went yeah.
2: out and chopped wood for like an hour and i think i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: but when <laughs> you're 30 yeah. i'll do it all day yeah
2: <laughs> right yeah.
0: not in your 40s okay not in, in your 50, 40s and
1: forget and it. really not in your 50s no no,
0: no. that's why i'm, I'm so. like okay 50 let's go let's go yeah he's
2: what is like, like, what is 50 it. that's that's it Amen. yeah that's, 50th March. birthday. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> <laughs> 50th birthday in a day. So you're <laughs> right. lucky. Ugh.
0: Okay, we're going to switch it up. We're going to put you guys on the hot seat. It's not Uh-oh. scary. Hot it's seat? just some little rapid questions. They're fun fun questions. We'll ask both of you and you just you just say first answer.
1: Um like together or individually?
0: <laughs> we're going to I'll ask the question and then we can Amy can go and then Chris can go How okay. about that. All right. Uh, what's your go-to song on karaoke night, Amy?
1: Oh, I know mine.
3: <laughs> oh God, I need to think.
1: <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Apparently, apparently he's gotta go. First. Apparently, not really a hot team. Piano Man, Billy Joel. Oh, yes,
2: yeah. yes, and yes. Thank you.
1: Yes, <laughs> so
0: That's
2: good.
1: That's being played at my funeral. No, no tears allowed. Everybody's singing the Piano Man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Joel is
2: even God. my nine-year-old knew the piano man
1: all right see oh, have, my, my, kids, kids, my kids make fun of me because of that okay but Come they
2: wait they sing it though but they do sing it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah right? but she still have to make fun of him which yeah. for sure they don't make fun of me they dance man Amen. You know, right? <laughs> song, dancing around it. the living room oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i
3: can't think maybe um i will survive gloria
0: Gaynor.
1: yeah love a, it disco okay. there's a disco one that's there.
0: a little screaming karaoke
1: there indeed. you go okay
0: what qualities does a person need
1: to be a leader
3: mm, I'd to a good, good communicator
0: mm, i love that
1: i would say a strong sense of integrity
0: mm, indeed okay do you guys eat eggs stay with us we'll be right back
2: hi i'm callie i'm barb and, and we, we are the clarity, clarity sisters, sisters. Come join us in our safe space to take a little break, get some perspective, we're going to make life more fun. Come join us as we chat through navigating prickly relationships, learning to trust your intuition, and why self-care is not selfish. So grab yourself a little cup of clarity and a few giggles as we hang out, chit-chat, and laugh on the Clarity Cafe podcast.
1: Oh. Do we eat eggs? Is that the question? Yes. You don't want you to open my it's fridge; it's ridiculous. Right?
0: <laughs> okay, how do you like your eggs?
3: The way he makes them.
1: Because <laughs> I do all the
3: cooking. I don't cook. <laughs>
1: oh my god, I love this. Yeah. So you, there'll be moods where, like, hey, I'm feeling like a scramble, or hey, how about some over medium on a you know piece of you know or a piece of toast with you know like piece of ham or bacon or something under that. I go, I I flip flop, but right now we're on the scramble kick right now. So with onions and bacon and bell peppers and seasonings. Yeah. And
3: And I'm mm. spoiled since he's home and I'm working from home since we're not quite off the pandemic remote work situation. And he will, the same time walk up with my plate of my my breakfast while I'm in the middle of a call or a
1: and how she did thing, it too she goes like this oh thank you I do thank you yeah. With her sour a good and her cup of coffee right and then I go oh. grab the plate and then she'll still be working I'll come back from working out hey you want a smoothie I'll take a smoothie yes <laughs> wow this sounds like a dream okay it could, <laughs> it could be it could be you just got to work it Gotta work
2: all out. Right. I forget to cook how to cook right around retirement time <laughs> uh, right. maybe,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. like, i forgot how to make that yeah sure oh,
0: i don't know you do it let's see how yours tastes better that's gonna right. be my go-to so exactly. yours tastes better all right do you like pickles love them love them what's your favorite kind of pickle
2: gherkin, gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs>
1: gherkin they
2: go great, Audra? i'm telling you gherkins is where it's at that's gherkins like good that's that's been the answer
1: you're gonna have a pickle eating contest well you put them in a bloody mary and they're even better mm. so. oh my god that's my kind of pickle <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, so I could, I could make a comment but uh... <laughs> we kind of
0: got this already how are you spending your free time now that you're retired but it sounds like you are you have
1: many plans into your retirement yes. so that's good i yes. love that do you golf too I used to. I am not much of a golfer anymore because when I did golf, I was very competitive at it, and yeah. I didn't like the competitive nature it was bringing out in me. And I would get frustrated at a little white ball that wouldn't go where I thought I'd hit it, and it would go someplace <laughs> else. So, but my dad, he's a huge golfer. He's retired. He lives in Discovery Bay, and he plays three to four times a week. And. He's got his 80th birthday coming up and his request. Cause we're renting a house for his birthday and getting a private chef and all that is Bodega Bay. And he goes, well, we're playing golf. And I'm all, yeah, I haven't played golf in like almost 10 years. And he's like, you're playing golf. I'm like, all right. So I got to let you play out.
2: golf in Bodega Bay. I mean, come on. Yeah. I have yeah. before,
1: but that was probably 20 years ago with him. And it was so windy. And I think I, the only club I played was my four iron, my eight iron and my sand wedge Cause I was in the sand a lot. <laughs> That's how I play. uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's just, yeah, it'll be fun because my brother hasn't played either in a long time and he's going to be there, but yeah, golf is just, I'm just like, oh, I'm just horrible at it. And and it's expensive. I like doing the stuff that's not so expensive. Yeah, it is. Oh, my Mm -hmm. husband, that's all he's
0: going to do when we retire. I'm like, well, you better- work extra because well, find a club so where scary. you can join a membership
1: and just play mm-hmm. on the yeah that would be the yeah thing.
2: either that, that or get a second job
1: or get a second job <laughs> yes.
2: that's what i keep telling him go teach go do something like there you
1: go
0: um okay what are you guys currently reading anything oh my gosh
1: well i'm i'm a daily reader of the bible um that's been my go-to um for the last few years and then i just started um jordan peterson's uh 12 rules for life um book um because i i kind of dig him because he's just on a whole nother level he's like his brain pans way up here and my brain pans way down here and just you know just it's basically from what i've gathered you know following him on instagram and things like that it's about personal accountability i know he seems somewhat controversial to some people but uh I just really dig the message he's sending and just talks about how the individual is when they take accountability and responsibility for themselves, great things can happen from there once they realize Mm -hmm. those things. Um, And that's kind of how the book started out a little bit. So I'm getting deeper into that. And yeah, but it takes me a long time to read. I'm a whore. I mean, I'm I'm a slow reader for sure.
0: Um, That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to look that book up
1: immediately. Yeah.
3: Um, i for sitting with a book, but I'm a podcast person because I'm usually in the car commuting to work and and stuff. So anything true crime pod podcast, I'm all over. What was that one with the?
1: Oh, true crime, Stanford.
3: Oh yeah, the Bad Blood. Bad Blood. That, that was the big one that I did recently. Podcast. Yeah.
0: All right, I'll have to check it out. I'm not. I'm not a true crimer, but my kids are. So. I'm sure that'd be <laughs> kids are. There you go. Oh my gosh, they're—it's kind of gross. I'm like, oh, they like hearing the stories that dad comes home and tells them. I'm like, yeah, oh, for real? I'm good. Yeah. Oh yeah, they love it. <laughs> the, the gorier, the better. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm
3: crazy.
1: Always. Like yeah, my 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 oldest was that way too, and she enjoyed she's the stories.
3: In, well, in college, she's into forensics now too, so that makes sense. Oh, that's how so old, funny.
2: Yeah.
0: Mine are t- uh, 12, 14, and 17. So I'm about oh. to have our seniors about to graduate. and Nice. move off to college and then our middle schooler and high schooler and yeah it's it's a lot man
1: <laughs> have
0: they done ride-alongs
1: with that or no that's one i recommend
3: so we Mm-mm. had both of our daughters do that before he retired i just to
1: so they can see what for we us, go through
3: it's to see what dad's what dad does when he's gone. Cause all they know is dad, like you were just saying, right. Dad comes home and he's tired. I don't know. He goes to bed. So we made mm-hmm. the girls do at least a 24 hour ride along with him before they went off to college huh. so that they had to actually see, Hey, when dad's gone and he's beat and all that, and you know, all that cool stuff that you get to do on the weekends, because we can afford for you to do it. It's because he's doing this when he's not here.
1: And it was yeah. awesome because i worked, you know, six is a busy house. And we got up, I think with grace I think we got up three or I think four times and it was like legitimate. Like we had some really good calls, but then Kendall came and did a ride along just right before I had retired. Um, And we got up two or three times. And then I said, when we came back from the last call, she just looked whooped. And I (laughs) said, if we get another call, you know, you have to go. She's like, dad, please. Can I just stay and sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, you can't. She got lucky. We didn't get any more after that, but I was like, Oh, I just wanted that one more. That's but. genius, actually. That's a hell of a life lesson right there. Oh, yeah. for real. It really yeah. is.
2: Well, my kids before the COVID-19 outbreak were spending an entire shift with their dad. He works in a um, dispatch center. So he's a awesome. captain oh. in a command center. And so they would go with him. Wow. They'd drive down to Santa Cruz. It, they'd get up at two o'clock in the morning with him, get in the car, drive all the way down there, get there by seven. And then the whole day they'd be in the command nice. center for three three or four days at a time. Nice. Um, living the life, those kids, but oh. <laughs> but you're right. They have a better appreciation for, oh, so dad doesn't just sit in a chair at work right. all day. You know, oh, like, yeah. this is, you know, when those calls come in and it gets busy, they understand that that's like go time. And so it is a huge life lesson. I highly recommend Audra, highly recommend. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh. I will say, I think the, there was one, the kids were maybe Maybe the youngest was like seven or eight, we were in the station having dinner and they got a call. Well, it ended up being a structure fire. So we got to listen to the whole thing on the radio in the, in the, um, station. Um, that was the scariest thing of my life. And, but the kids were fascinated because they could hear him on the radio and, um, it was just mind blowing. And I was like, okay, that's enough. We're never having dinner here again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not to I
3: think I'm traumatized. Like... When the kids are little too, it's, it's fun to go to the station. Right. So they really have no concept. Like one of the, when you first, cause you were originally in Vacaville and then came to Contra Costa and any, so we live not far from the station. So we were always able to go And anytime we would go, I would remind the girls, hey, I know dad's there, but don't forget these other daddies that are there. He was working with all men at the time. This is their home. So you behave as though you're walking into somebody's house every time we go. And we got there and I looked down the hall into the dorms, and I see my daughter jumping on one of the beds and I almost came unglued and started running down the hall when I realized the captain was on the bed next to her jumping up and down. And then it was like... Okay. Well, if that
1: was Jack, right?
3: if the, yeah, it was Jack. Yeah. The guy in charge says you can do it. I guess you can do it, but. Yeah. So when that's what's happening when dad's gone, right? They're jumping on beds, they're taking naps in the chairs, they're eating all that's this food, they're so getting funny. ice cream. And,
1: well, one, and two, I would just want to add on to that. One of the cool things, um, you know, when I was a young firefighter here in um, Contra Costa, and it, 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 it's, it's an awesome place to work. And I mean, I truly do miss the men and women. Um, people always ask me when I run into them because I was out washing my RV the other day, engine drove by, gave me the honk and the wave. It's, I miss the, the interaction with them around the round table. I mean, the, you know, the death and destruction. Yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, I've got my fill for, you know, a couple of lifetimes, but I always remember one of the captains I worked for way back in the day, he was, you know, he said everything, you know, everything was regimented out and, you know, it was nice. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like, you're not feeling too well. You know, you had, you had a rough night on an overtime or a trade. You came in, he's like, no, nope, Hey, this is the job, you know, da, da 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 He's all, if you want to change things, become a captain. I go, I hear you. All right. That's what I'm going to do, Dan. <laughs> so when I became captain, it's like the first month I got promoted. It was in November and I got put into station in Martinez. It's a station that's now closed, but it well, it's open to our, our crew 12 guys there now. But it was station 12 on Shell. And I worked with a probationary engineer, Sam Nichols, and the firefighter was Mike Yoshizaki. And we had to work on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas. And I was like, oh, man, you know, hey, that's the luck of the draw. You know, this is part of what we do. And I asked them, you know, ahead of time to say, hey, look, I'm all about family and I know both of your guys as families. I go, what do you guys say we do Christmas in the firehouse? And they're like, that would be awesome. And so, I, you know, the kids were still very, very young and Santa was still a thing. And I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And so we went out, got a tree, lit up the whole station, did all that. And then we had them spend the night in the station. So Christmas morning when they woke up, like Santa had come to the station. They go, well, how is that possible? I go, well, here, let me show you. And so we made this whole little, like, you know, like Easter egg hunt of things that Santa did and all that other stuff. And funny thing was, there's only in the middle of the night, Grace was 10. I think. And that was at a
3: time when you had your own room. I had my
1: own. Yeah. We all had our own rooms. So we put sleeping bags and beds and everything in there and the bells went off and she got up and started sleepwalking. sleepwalking. She's like, well, we're going right. And I'm all, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm going with you. I go. No, you're going back to bed. Okay, and just turn around and plopped. <laughs> but yeah, waking up in the firehouse. I mean, one of the memories I have that's like a yeah. great memory for me was, you know, because Sam had very young children too, um, and they they just thought it was the greatest thing. And we had all the families out. We had like 40 or something, 50 people having dinner at the firehouse. It was it was awesome. It was really awesome. That's those the best. Those,
2: yep, those are the moments right there. The
1: moment.
0: Yep. we we had, a, well, not with this current chief, but with the previous chief, we had christmas a christmas party for the whole department and firefighter santa came in on the engine
1: nice and
0: brought all the presents it was so much fun and yeah. hopefully we'll get that back again but amen. yeah it's great and we the best i mean the best times we've ever had have been at the station with everybody's family just you know hanging out because that's how you get to know everybody and exactly. it makes you trust them a lot better to take care of your dad when he's not home you know seriously, so, sure. amen. For sure.
1: yeah amen.
0: Okay, I got one more hot seat question for you. What is the one
1: thing you wish you would have said to your fire chief if you had had the opportunity? To my fire chief, if I had the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Well, my first fire chief um, did an awesome exit interview, and we talked for like a half an hour. And he said, You know, you're a great firefighter. You know, what's the one thing I could do to keep you here as a firefighter from going to Contra Costa? And at the time, I mean, I loved all those men and women there. And it was, a, I mean, it was true because it's a smaller department and it was really, you know, very community, family oriented. I mean, talking about Christmas, I was there, I got hired December 1st of 1998. And two weeks later, we're making ice cream at the ice cream party, you know, and I was like, man, this is a great place. I found my home kind of a thing. But I told him at the time I wasn't making a lot of money. I was making more as a paramedic on an ambulance at the time, you know, uh, and we were having problems with the contracts with the city. And then um, the thing I said is that I became a fire, I became a paramedic to be a firefighter. It was kind of a means to an end for me, but I loved the paramedicine part of it and, you know, kind of really challenged me. And I said, if you could offer me the 50-50 time, because we were a transporting agency in Vacaville at the time, um, I'd, I'd stay in a hot second but we just didn't have the staffing and the numbers for that. So paramedicine, you know, being a paramedic was like, it was like the gold standard. And we didn't have that many of them in Vacaville, So we were always on the ambulance. Um, and that was the bulk of my time there was on the ambulance, but this chief, you know, uh, Chief Burchard, Louis Burchard, um, him and I've had a very, very unique re- uh, relationship and friendship. Um, he kind of was one of the actually first people, you know, aside from Chief Casada, where I approached him with Project Pink Wheels. He was a fire marshal at the time. Um, So when this all came out, you know, about me retiring, you know, he was busy with a bunch of other stuff, but we had a chance to talk at a graduation and I just thanked him for giving me the opportunity for always being supportive. Um, You know, not just for his being my boss boss, but just for being somebody who was always available. We would text each other. We would, you know, call each other. He's a big green Bay Packers fan. We talk about games and stuff like that, but I would never have anything, you know, you know, negative to say, um, I just like to see certain changes, um, from the operational standpoint. And one of the things I would tell him is, is that as the leader of, uh, you know, such a huge organization that, uh, people follow genuine leadership and he's done a good job at you know, starting up the, um, in-station meetings again, because with COVID that was a problem. Um, just making sure that you're visiting the men and women and just listening to what they have to say, you know, just an active, you know, listener goes a long way, I think in, in most departments. And, I, I, I've already told Matt, that. So, I mean, I don't know, I guess I'd add more to that. So that'd be, about it, I suppose no, that's the that's that's that's, long answer to a, a short question. It's
0: a perfect answer though. Cause it's, it's totally 100%. You have to be an active listener. So yeah, it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. We want to thank you guys for being on the
1: show with us today. Oh, thanks.
2: For listeners to request Project Pink Wheels, email retired fire captain Chris. I'm going to butcher your last name, so I'm going to let you say it.
1: It's Chris Line Peter.
2: <laughs> Thank you. At Contra Costa Pink at yahoo.com. You can also find more information on Project Pink Wheels on Instagram at Project Pink Wheels. And on YouTube, they also have merch. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um. And you, got, you guys take donations, obviously.
1: Yeah. So if people want to donate, um, you know, they go through local 1230 directly so that any funds that they put will go into our cancer fund. And that's, you know, again, as Project Pink Wheels is, we are we represent all cancer. A lot of people, not a lot. Some people have said, hey, why is it pink? And the reason it's pink is because pink is the most recognizable cancer color. Um, I had somebody reach out to me and say, well, you know, purple's the cancer color for all cancers universal. And I didn't know that. And so when people say I didn't know that either. Well, now we've all learned something, right? But um, yeah, so if they wanna make a donation, make it to local 1230 uh, Cancer Fund, um, the, and the funds will go there and we've had great support from the community at large you know when it comes at. but yeah we sell t-shirts for project pink wheels we have survivor shirts for our survivors and we have regular ones for supporters and um, they can get those at local 1230 as well and and we have them on the engine when we do rides as well
3: and also so, to add in addition to the rides um, that pink wheels offers pink wheels is also a, a rolling dedication so people um, in the community can actually sign their names to the engine, which is really cool. Or if you have um, a family member that has passed, you can write a dedication to them on there or survivors can come down with their families and add their names as well. It's really cool to see so many people's names on there from the and and they're all local.
1: So yeah, and mm-hmm. we're always that's available. Awesome. Not, and we're not only available for you know rides and stuff. We're available for local events that you know maybe it's a hope walk or some other kind of cancer fundraiser or whatever that they're doing. And we're just out there to be a symbol to the community that we're here for you. We Did a wedding? We did. Yeah, we did do a wedding um, not long ago. Um, you know, just wanted to show up because she was a breast cancer survivor. Um, and that's those are all, all the pictures and videos are on our Instagram and Facebook pages, so you can check those out.
0: It's that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys. This has been so fun. Um, It has
1: been. Thank you, man. It wasn't so bad. I thought it was like, I'm going to be nervous. I've never done a podcast before. It's going to be, you know, don't be an idiot.
0: I told you, we're easy. You guys are easy
1: peasy. I love it.
0: (laughs) Well done. Thanks so much for tuning in. Find us on social media at Deer Chiefs Podcast and online at DearChiefs.com. Tune in weekly for the 25,000-foot view of Loving a First Responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and
2: out. <coughs>